social world, a world that's not just you and God by yourselves, but has all sorts of people around you. And I think we have a hard time with this in our American culture because we tend to think about our faith as just God and me, nobody else. So I can be gentle and self-controlled and just my relationship with God, I don't have to think about all the ways in which I have to be gentle and self-control myself around everybody else. But we are called to be worshipers of God and loving of our neighbors. And so today, instead of just asking, what does self-control look like? What does gentleness look like? I'm wanting us to ask, what does it look like to have self-control in a social world? And I don't think this is a new question because Paul was already dealing with this. We've talked about all of Paul's conflicts and challenges in Galatia. Uh, so after he left that community and, and he's preaching elsewhere, some new missionaries have shown up and have started teaching all the people that actually what you have to do to be a Christian is accept all the Jewish laws so you must dress a certain way, you've got to eat a certain way, you've got to have certain medical procedures if you're a guy, you've got to honor certain holidays, and so on and so forth. And so Paul is dealing with what to do with these new missionaries. Uh, and Paul tells a story of his own conflicts with Peter, and that Peter used to be someone who ate with Gentiles, suddenly people from back home show up, poof, Peter's gone. Suddenly he won't eat with his friends anymore. And Paul was upset because, hey, you're even leading Barnabas astray. Look at all the people around you that you're affecting. And so when Paul deals with these new missionaries, uh, we might we might wonder how Paul is living out gentleness and self-control himself. Because he seems pretty frustrated in this letter. And we've read from the passage in which, to those people who, who wanted everyone to have to get circumcised, that Paul said the words, I wish those who would unsettle you would castrate themselves. Paul is emotionally charged in having to deal with this conflict. So what is it to respond with gentleness and self-control? I think one of the beautiful things in the passage that we read today is that we have to learn how to live out our shared responsibility for one another. We're not in a vacuum. My faith journey involves yours, and, and I should care about your journey as well. In part because we have an option. When someone harms us, when someone hurts us, do we flee from it? and let the harm continue? Do we, do we strike back and cause even more harm? Or do we transform the brokenness of our world into healing and into a community uh, that looks more like God? And so in our text today, we pick right up, right after we start. So our very first week, we talk about the fruit of the Spirit and the works of the flesh. And Paul immediately transitions from that into our text today, which starts, my friends, if anyone is detected in a transgression, maybe you should have said when someone is detected. Not if. It's going to happen. Uh, but one thing I wanted to know is our, our New Revised Standard Version translation says, my friends, which is a really good, worthwhile um, attempt on their part because they are trying to translate language that's kind of male-oriented to be more inclusive. So literally the text it says, brothers, and so then our speaking gives us friends. But I don't want us to lose out on that kinship, the 
that's also implied by saying brother. So we say brothers and sisters. I would prefer that probably here for an inclusive reading of hey, brothers and sisters. Because we have a shared relationship. What we do affects each other. Am I my brother's keeper? Uh, hey, brothers and sisters, when somebody is in a, uh, has, has stepped wrongly, has fallen short, has, has done the wrong thing, what do we do? So Paul calls on our family relationship as children of God to invite us to realize we have a responsibility for one another. And he goes on, my brothers and sisters, if anyone is detected in a transgression, you who have received the Spirit should restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. And you might ask, like what I asked earlier, how well is Paul doing at living up to this? You know, of the same guy who's saying, kind of getting short with his opponents, with the, with the other missionaries. And I think that really just kind of signals to us how real this challenge is. When people harm you, when they speak bad about you, when they Paul and they're saying, hey, I don't know if he's an apostle. Hey, I don't know if you should listen to this guy. Can you actually let gentleness be the spirit in which you respond and try to restore broken relationships? And so Paul, Paul's dealing with that challenge and so are we. But what he is calling us to is to live and walk by God's spirit. Remember he says, you have received the Spirit. So if, if you feel like you are called and moved and transformed by the Spirit, let's live by it. You can't have God's Spirit without also being about what the Spirit's at work doing in the world. So if God is about mending relationships, about bringing harmony out of discord, about healing out of brokenness, that's what we are called into. And so when our brother or sister is struggling or falling short, we have a responsibility to be about their restoration. And that's hard because it's hard to control our own feelings, our own temptations. But can we have a spirit that seeks to restore those around us when they fall short? And that spirit comes from a place of gentleness and love and peace. Has self-control grown up in us so that we can actually minister to our friends and even our enemies with a spirit of gentleness? I, I always really love a quote, which I'm going to assume that she's probably has said that someone else told her this quote, but I'll tell you who told me the quote. Uh, our, our pastor back at Atlanta, um, Pastor Julie, had a quote that said, Some things are only true when whispered. Some things are only true when whispered. And I think what that's talking about is that spirit of gentleness. So even if you might be accurate, if you're shouting at somebody, you, you've missed the character of God and of love and gentleness, so it becomes no longer true in the same way. And maybe you can imagine yourself thinking about some street evangelists who, who wanted to shout things at people. Um, maybe you get to our extreme examples, the uh, Westboro Church going around and protesting at people's funerals even. You know, like, we've all seen what it looks like to, for someone to try to shout um, God's truth at somebody. And that's not what Paul says that we should be about. We should be 
restoring people with a spirit of gentleness. And so sometimes it's a whisper, it's a taking aside with gentleness and humility instead of with a shout. And so maybe if, if I made a mistake and, and you pulled me aside and said, hey, I love you, I, I'm not sure if what happened there is maybe the best way. You know, maybe there's something that was a little off there. Maybe you might reconsider on this. Versus just shouting across the room, hey, stop it, jerk. You know, we can be ugly to somebody and say, hey, call out the behavior and say, like, you're being ugly and you're just an awful person. You're a terrible person. Or we can say, hey, I love you. And I think there's some brokenness here. How do we restore this? How do we get to a relationship that we can walk together in God's spirit? And so the way we respond, the way we, we act with self-control to restore people matters. And I love that Paul gives us some warnings. He gives us the potential landmines we should be worried about stepping on. On our path to restoring our siblings, um, he, he tells us, I'll recap our, our verse here, my brothers and sisters, if anyone is protected in a transgression, you who have received the Spirit should restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. Take care that you yourselves are not tempted. I love that we don't really see it in our English text, but Paul was speaking in a plural here before about, hey, you who have the Spirit, go restore kindness. And then he turns to a singular you, like to each of us in the room. Take care. You're going to be tempted in this. Because we could be tempted about all sorts of things here. We could be tempted to respond harshly to those who have been harsh to us. We can respond by puffing ourselves up and feeling like, aren't I superior to this other person? And so you just go around policing everybody else, not noticing how your own spirit is fallen. And restoring relationships in a broken world is what we're called to, but it has to be done in the right spirit. Be careful. Paul goes on. And I'm going to just call out, it might sound a little bit contradictory at first. He's going to say two things in this passage. Bear one another's burdens. And... For all must carry their own loads. So how on earth are we walking together and bearing each other's burdens and yet at the end of it saying, hey, you got to carry your own load. On this path towards restoration, towards healing of brokenness, towards mutual responsibility, i, I got to care about your path. i got to work and, and, and want to serve and minister so that you are closer to God and to each other, but ultimately, I'm only accountable for me. I can't make somebody else respond lovingly. I can't make somebody else respond kindly. I should care about it. I should work for a world in which that happens. But God ultimately is just looking at whether you are faithful to that calling and to that mission. But it's up to everybody to pick up that mission for themselves and respond to God's calling on their own. And so Paul tells us all must test their own work so that that work, rather than their neighbor's work, will become a cause for pride. And I love that 
of mutual correction and restoration, Paul says, hey, you need to look at your own work. Don't just go around looking at everybody else's stuff. What, what on your journey is God still calling you to? Is God still transforming in you? Don't get caught up so much on your neighbor's brokenness that we miss our own. Check your own self. Find your own self-control to realize when you're starting to get tempted towards the works of the flesh and not living in God's spirit. Let your own faithfulness be a source of the pride of your life. Don't take your self-worth out of other people based on their faithfulness. But how are you living out your own faith with God and your neighbor around you? So that's the messy world Paul is inviting us into. One where it's not an individualistic faith. you got to work with people around you. you got to work for restoration and healing. you got to deal with the problems that come your way. you got to work gently and lovingly. But you got to ultimately know that you're accountable for your response and your actions. Even when, uh, even when our hearts break because others are falling short, even ones we're close to and we love, or even our enemies. But what would happen if we actually lived this out? If we actually took seriously our neighbors, our brothers and sisters? Because I don't know about you, but sometimes we're conflict avoidant. Anybody ever avoided conflict? And when you see someone act ugly and harsh and short, with someone and then just cause pain. There's an impulse of a few things, but one of them is to flee, to run away, disappear, not have to deal with it. But Paul calls us to something more courageous, to help be about healing of wounds, and help restore people to a better calling. Sometimes our impulse is to fight back, to escalate the harshness, Oh, if you're going to be mean to that person, I'm going to be even more mean to you. We get in a cycle and it escalates. But then our pain just keeps growing. But what if we courageously went with self-control and gentleness and actually invited our world around us into restoration? What if we live this out in our families? We all know that the family member that everyone knows just to ignore right now on, on whatever the issue is. They're always just going to be rude about this. You're going to have to just deal with it. Um, but what is it to actually call out and have a gentle relationship conversation about? Do you know what this does to us? Do you know what this does to me? Do you know what this does to mom or dad or, or, or brother and sister or child? But to have a conversation, to look for restoration instead of letting harm continue. Or, or maybe this is a good note for family members who either you know the judgmental person in the family or you feel tempted there yourself. The person is always going around and taking what every single person is doing wrong. And it's a call towards gentleness. Saying, this isn't helping. Uh, this is just adding harm where there's already harm. What if we did this as a church? that we committed ourselves to each other, and that we sought God's will and God's love and God's peace in 
and humble stuff. And so when someone acts toxically, we say, in a gentle spirit, sometimes we whisper, hey, what's going on here? What might God be calling and, and, and inviting us into in this situation? Maybe you hear someone in isolation who feels broken and cut off, who feels like nobody cares for them, no one connects to them. We all can be that person that connects. We can all reach out and find that person who feels alone. We can invite others with us. I know that that's always my favorite thing with, um, you know, if, if someone in the community says, hey, you know, someone's feeling so, so alone, uh, I'd love to ask somebody, would you arrange a time where we can both go meet that person? Because the reality is that when I go with somebody else to meet someone that they know, like the other group, that's who's actually like having this wonderful conversation, like because they have this friendship and this relationship and this deep history, and I just could be enjoying um, that history unfolding in front of me. But when you hear someone is, is feeling alone, how can you go and speak into that? How can you go show up for them? When you feel like you, you encounter someone who's, who's got anger going on, how do you go in with a spirit of gentleness and invite them to something new? And so Paul, in this passage, and in Galatians, invites us to do something counter to what we normally want to do. We want to follow our own selfish desires, the works of the flesh. But God invites us to give our lives over to the spirit that transforms and changes us more and more into our full potential as children of God. Children who learn that gentleness and self-control is how we live out our faith. Living that faithful self-control means that we've got a responsibility to be about God's work for the unity and the restoration of all things. And that includes our brothers and sisters, and includes our enemies too. Let us commit one more time this, this Sunday to live, to walk, to grow in the Spirit of God, the one who truly can change us and transform us, and the people with a heart for others. Would you join me in prayer?